Hi, welcome Garland readers to another conversation about what's happening in the world of craft and it's my great pleasure to be speaking to Hannah Brobeck Sunixen, who is the chairperson of the Danish Crafts and Design Association. And this is an opportunity to continue our, our interest in the, the Nordic craft scene. We previously spoke to somebody from Hemsloid, the uh, Swedish craft and design organization. And now we move to Denmark, where there's been some really interesting discussion in the magazine Formcraft, which I highly recommend as a, a source of very interesting thinking about craft. And uh, there was one particular article called Greasy Fingers and Practical Research Help Craft Out of the Display Case. And this was uh, written by uh, Hanna Brobeck-Sonixen, the chairperson of Danish Crafts and Design Association. So to, to learn more about this and the way it reflects the kinds of controversies about craft education in Denmark at the moment. Uh, let's welcome Hannah. How are you and where are you? Thank you very much. I'm fine and I'm in Denmark. Actually, I'm close to the border to Germany. So on the West Coast in Denmark, very close to Germany. And thank and you very much for the invitation. Is spring beginning to bud? Yeah, very, very slowly. We had one day on Sunday where it was a little uh, springish, but now it's once again Danish winter with a lot of rain and grey and cold. Right, I see. And, and tell us a little about uh, your entry into the craft world. Uh, what's been your trajectory to become chairperson? Uh, yes, I've been, I was educated uh, uh, many, many years ago, Act actually it's more than 40 years ago in one of the two Danish design schools in Kolding. <clears throat> and then I have been um, working here on in my own workshop for more than 30 years as a full-time job and also as a teacher. And as I'm living here in the rural area, one of the rural areas in Denmark, it is uh, here uh, very common to uh, in, to get in um, involved in uh, uh, local projects and uh, organization tasks and so so i've been working with uh, organizations within uh, my uh, field of crafts here locally for many many years and then i was asked to join the the main organization from Denmark, the Danish Crafts and Arts, uh, no, what is it called? In <laughs> I English. Just, I just yes. yeah. <laughs> Danish I just Crafts and Design out. Association. That's right. Thank you very much. Uh, for about three years ago. Um, and it is very, very interesting also because I've been um, very interested in the development of our craft educations uh, for many years uh, as it has changed very much and just for the moment as i write in the article i i can see that uh, we have a lot of members in our association with many skills and a, a very big um uh, 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 they have been working with their field for many years. So uh, the experience, that was the word I was searching for, um, is very, very big. And it will get lost if, if we don't uh, 
trans transfer this to young uh, craft people. So what kind of craft education is available at the moment in Denmark? Yeah, I think uh, like in the film, a, a lot uh, or something is, is lost in translation because in Denmark we have, as we will speak later on, uh, some other words for uh, for craft. But in this international world, we use the the phrase um, the phrase craft, and actually we have uh, for the moment three places in Denmark where you can get an education as a craft person or as a designer. Uh, it's mixed. Uh, it there are three schools: one in Kolding in Jutland, where I live. And one in Copenhagen, and one in Bornholm, the the island very east of Denmark. And are um, these specialist uh, organizations dealing only in craft, or are they like universities that have? A they, variety? they are universities. That's that's the uh, that's the way they turn uh, during many years. When when I had my education, uh, the education was mainly based on practical training. We had a, a small amount of theory also, what which was necessary, art history and, and so on. The the uh, the field of color uh, training and so. But it changed uh, because uh, these schools, they want to have the um, international accreditation of universities, which is a political decision. And this means that uh, it is now an academic training and academic education and the the workshops and the number of uh, lessons in the workshops shops have got very very lower than it was before mm -hmm. which means yes. that the the training the training in um, and the research is very much as i see it now based on very small items and tests um and there's a lack of um, uh, training in making bigger items, for instance. And perhaps this is one of the reasons why um, craftspeople or craftspeople and designers with, with this education, they are not very often invited to, uh, to take part of the uh, national um, uh, uh, when you make a building in Denmark, there is a, a, a possibility to make art and uh, for for the new buildings and so on. We are very often not invited. I'm sorry right. for my English because... <laughs> I'm sorry that we're not speaking Danish. I should be apologizing. It's in, early in the morning in Denmark. Yes. But uh, I think um, it's it's a little far away from the subject. But but there are, I think we, we have reached a point now where we shall... Um, we shall uh, search for the things we lost in this uh, transformation and the things that we get, we gained. And then we have to uh, take very much care that the um, the old people working in this, the older one, my older colleagues, they can give uh, their experience to the new generations. Right. Good. Well, let's, let, let's work it out in terms of the terms that you use in, in the article that will help us understand the different layers. So you talk about uh, Kunsthandwerk, 
which you translate as artistic craft, and uh, contrast that with just craft. I'm not sure if that's the term that's used in Danish to describe uh, that. Um, so uh, what's the difference in your mind between artistic craft and, and craft? And is there a kind of a unique Danish word for just craft by itself? Uh, I would translate craft to honberg in Danish, but honberg in Danish means um, other uh, other crafts, uh, also carpentry and so like that. And I attended um, the World Craft Council Europe uh, General Assembly last summer in Lisbon, and at that. A time I realized that craft in other countries might may also um, mean something about cooking and food, for instance, which is not the uh, the case in Denmark at all. Kunsthandwerk means directly translated kunst is art, and handwerk is made by hand. Sure. So the 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 kunsthandwerker the the artistic craftsman um, works in a line between art and design and can work all the way from art till design and all what's in between there. Is that somehow clear? Sure. Yes, I understand. So this is something similar to what elsewhere in some of the English-speaking world is called contemporary craft. Yeah. Uh, so it's craft that has a, I guess it's a modernist kind of craft with a with a history, uh, with with people who exhibit work in galleries, uh, who whose work is written about in magazines, uh, who make work in studios, uh, versus work that is uh, more or less repeating what has been done before. Might be highly skilled, uh, but it's not so uh, individually identified it's more something happening in a workshop or in a guild or one of these kinds of forms is that basically the kind of difference that you're looking at um somehow but but um um as for if i think about when i had my education back in the 80s uh, we were talking a lot about uh, the danish uh, expression form or function, which means uh, the form and the function of things that we uh, developed. And this is a very, um, I think it's it, it's a, uh, something that we learned from Bauhaus originally, but but uh, this, this means that you put a kind of aesthetic layer to the daily products, cups and um, plates and scarves and whatever it might be, so that we distinguish from uh, uh, from uh, um, the, the crafts that, that you do at home without training and without education, because we have this, this layer of aesthetic training that also brings the, 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 um, this, the special uh, things to the products. Right, indeed. Uh, and I think one of the interesting points raised in your article was about the 
the opinion piece that was was published in the national newspaper in Denmark, uh, Politiken. Uh, can you tell us what was in that opinion piece and uh, what are some of the issues raised? You mean the, the um, from the students from the students? Yes, the, the students from yeah. was it Design School Colding? Yeah. Uh, in both the big design schools in in Copenhagen and in Kolding, the students uh, 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 made uh, some kind of um, uh, not a revolution. What is they 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 claimed that they had too much academic lessons and too little workshop lessons. Um, and what was uh, very what was interesting also at, uh, uh, last year was that. Um, the, both of the schools, they they um, accepted students uh, not on base of a, a practical test, as it has been for many years, but also on uh, grades, um, which means that you can be accepted to this education without any um, artistic or handcraft skills, only because you have a for instance, a, a very high grade in physics, for instance, which to me is completely uh, different from the way I think. I think that our field of work uh, really has to take care of all the skills that are not measured in grades. I imagine that you could to the what is it called the conservatories, the music educations. Conservatory, uh, yes. If you could, uh, yeah, if you were accepted accepted there without um, any idea of tones and uh, instruments and something like that, I, I it is completely understand uh, not understandable that that right. you could do that that you could educate a musicians musician who was very good at um, sport for instance well you know you paint a picture of the the schools a bit like machines for for mm -hmm. processing data mm -hmm. which in terms of what's uh, uh, certification or, or credits that can be easily formalized uh, which are often mm -hmm. the more academic as opposed to the ones you describe uh, particularly in terms of skills and this is perhaps an extreme form of what seems to be fairly pervasive and you know, across the developed world. But what's remarkable is that the students came together in solidarity um, to to protest about that. And that we often get complaints from individual students and certainly amongst staff that um, it's being lost, but uh, that the students come together like that is quite remarkable. Did it surprise you? Uh, no, it does. It it didn't surprise me at all because I think that the reason why you choose this education is that you uh, that you want to express yourself by hand. Also, I'm quite aware that we have to uh, realize that we are in a digital world, and it is not like it was in the '80s when I was educated. But but I still think that the um, one of the main reasons to choose that kind of education is that you have that you want to do something uh, with a pencil or with a, with your hands and not only reading and uh, uh, doing anal, anal, uh, uh, analyzing uh, from books what 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 i wonder is uh, why 
these schools, and I, I don't know if it's only in Denmark, I don't think it is, but when you want to have this uh, academic accreditation, uh, then you uh, plan your um, academic training just from books. I would expect that the research would be much more practical in these schools on a very high level, of course, because you want to be academic. But but um, as I see it, it it um, it goes the other way around. It it gets uh, less and less uh, this practical research. Although I do see in in the the, the Scandinavian countries. Uh, an increasing emphasis on the idea of embodied knowledge, that mm. skill itself is a form of knowledge. But mm. I presume that's still itself a theoretical position and may be difficult to uh, formalise within the terms of the university, uh, mm. like the the university in Gothenburg, uh, their craft sciences area uh, is has developed this theory partly to uh, legitimate heritage skills being taught there, mm. um, which I think has been partly successful. Uh, but but again, when it comes to things like entry requirements, it's hard to quantify those things, as you say, compared to the more academic grades. Mm. Mm. I wonder... But I think... It, oh, sorry. No. I just wonder what the, the impact of the the letter and or the opinion piece and so on has been, have there been any changes as a result? Of the students' protest? Yes, yes. No, it uh, unfortunately, um, it's, it uh, was uh, considered an internal uh, matter. It, it was raised uh, in the newspaper and then very few articles and then it died away again. Hmm. Uh, and I recently I spoke to a, a teacher from one of the design schools, and she told me that um, uh, one of the problems is that the students uh, nowadays they are not at all political interested. So it was a very, I think it was a very big thing for them to do this, but they they don't stick to that. Then right, they see. accept things, and the school tells them, "Oh, we will." We have we have pressure from above from the politicians and so and then it's we will they agree something in between which is neither nor anything. We recently had a discussion uh, about this at a, an Australian glass conference and mm -hmm. uh, the see we have a number of, like you do in Denmark uh, a number of glass organisations facilities and workshops that take graduates. And uh, the observation was that the technical skills of the graduates is declining, and mm. uh, but it's become increasingly uh, significant that the universities are depending on these other organisations, more skill-based organisations, to supplement the education. Yeah, exactly. That uh, they're not really ready to be proficient in uh, their craft. Uh, and need this this time in a workshop to be able, you know, with mentorship uh, to be able to do that. Is is that sort of what's happening in Denmark as well? Yeah, it's it's quite interesting that you bring that forward because we just uh, at the end of January in our uh, organization had a meeting in Colling with the school there to uh, to bring together these uh, skills and uh, um, the old. Uh, the, tra the, 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 um, 
I can't remember that word. Uh, those the, my colleagues that work in their own workshops that uh, together with the students from the schools, because um, of what I said uh, uh, earlier that we want to pass on this training and this experience that they, the skills that these uh, elderly craftspeople have. Um, and actually, we didn't expect the school to be interested, but they were. We had a very nice morning talking about mentorship and uh, uh, education after you have been out uh, and in your job for a, for a few years, then you can come back. And so to, to, uh, to have the skills or to get the skills that you didn't get or didn't choose during your education. So I, I see a, an opening and that's that's exactly the chance for uh, uh, for our organization also in the future. I think that we have this within our organization and we have now the interest from the schools also to be allowed to bring it forward to the students. Hmm. I also uh, find in uh, countries like uh, India and there are parts in Sweden as well where uh, the practitioners of what you might call handwork, the uh, the more traditional craft, are also invited into the academy to mm -hmm. give specialist workshops uh, to mm -hmm. supplement the skills that are not available there. Does that ever happen? Uh, not not as far as I'm uh, aware at at the moment, but that was also one of the, the issues that we talked about with the school in calling, namely that our members could be teachers in the schools. It was that uh, many years ago, and I also think that some of the teachers now at the schools are craftspeople, but they have a very hard job dealing with all the political decisions that, and they, they, uh, for the moment, they discuss about cutting down the candidate part of the education from two to one year. So they have a lot of issues to to take care of. Um, and they don't have the hours and the facilities to do this training, as I see it. Hmm. So it's interesting to see where this is going. I've actually come across people who've learned their craft now purely through YouTube, that they've yeah managed to buy, particularly if they're working in an area that might be highly specialist, like leather, um, you know, material that's not often uh, taught in the academies and there aren't masters around to to teach this. But there's a with YouTube, you often get a community of people who share tips and, and these sorts of things. And then obviously there's Instagram to a degree, or that's more for inspiration than for, for education. We've seen the, you know, the sudden appearance of chat GPT in education in terms of personal tutors, but uh, it's hard to imagine there would be anything like that when it came to um, somebody teaching you how to, um, you know, join wood or to to weave a tapestry or, or anything like that. But uh, do you see students also using some of, I mean, previously the idea was that these are skills that you could never write up in a book. Uh, but but YouTube or video seems to uh, provide, as it does even in cooking, for instance, as as a, a more um, informative way of learning skills. Uh, do you see students turning to that as well? 
yes. It's, it's uh, well known here in Denmark too. Uh, and I myself do, uh, also use YouTube if I have to to search for some knitting uh, techniques or something like that. That's that's that is because you can you can watch what is done with hands, uh, and that is that is the difference between these uh, book academics and then the skill uh, people uh, who who uh, who teach with hands. I I use the phrase in Danish that. Hand teaches teaches hand. If if you have to, if you learn, if you should learn a technique, then it's much easier to see it done than to read about it. Because if you see it done, then there is no limit for, uh, then there is no possibility for uh, interpretation. Whereas when you read about it, then you can understand it in very many ways. I've been a teacher for many years, and I know that just showing once or twice, then most get it. But if I pass on a, p a piece of paper describing it, then I, I get almost as many variations as there are students in the class of how to do it. So so I think YouTube is a very, very uh, good way of learning, but I, I think I don't think it can stand alone. I think you have to at any rate, if if you want to be a professional within these uh, fields, then you have to um, to learn what's behind, and you also have to learn a, a certain variety to choose between, because it's a little uh, uh, solved by chance if you if you Google something and then you get one example of how to do that. As a trained person or an educated person, you have this. A variety within your training, and then you can choose in which direction you choose the, your technique or your material and whatever it is. And that's also material is one of our, the craft people's very um, big uh, uh, um, skills to choose the right materials. And that is that you cannot learn that from YouTube. You have to touch it with your hands. You have to, for the for the ceramists, they have to know how the clay behaves, what kind of clay behaves like that. What should I take for this bowel or what should I take for another? Just as I have to, if I made a tapestry, I, I, I must be able to choose between different sorts of wool. Do I want the surface to be sharp? Do I want it to be soft or what whatever and that is difficult to learn from youtube but it is uh, it is a skill that you must train as a professional within the field of craft mm, will you literally touch on the, the tactile dimension which will be mm. the focus of our december issue of garland so that will be very relevant but uh finally uh and i think it would be nice if you told us the the danish equivalent of hand teacher's hand so that we can uh, think of that as we, we we leave this conversation the the danish expression mm -hmm. yes hon lea hon hon lea hon good yeah. that's quite simple thank you so yeah. much hon hon <laughs> uh for for sharing this and uh it helps to know uh how other cultures and nations are dealing with 
issues that are quite similar across the world. And uh, let's stay in touch and dialogue. And congratulations on all the work you do with the association and Formcraft. Tuck. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And you too for your magazine. It's very interesting. And I think we have a, a future in cooperating all over the world to, to uh, keep on the good handwork. You've been listening to a podcast from Garland Magazine. Please check our website, garlandmag.com, for more stories behind what we make.